5: How you doing? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> you going to do the intro? Good,
2: the intro. Are we ready? Yeah, yeah this is oh. episode 110, by the way. Why not?
5: Why not? You are recording already? You were rolling? 30 minutes on the clock. 30 minutes, Okay. Hey,
4: everybody, welcome to this special live episode of the More Than Just Roundabout Creative Chaos Release Notes podcast, number 110. We're here live in Nashville, Tennessee at Indie Devstock, and we thought with all these podcasters in the house, we should um, all get together and record. So we've got from Release Notes, we have Joe Szaplinski. Hello. And from More Than Just Code, we've got Tim Mitra. Hey. And Jaime Lopez Jr. How's it going? And from Roundabout Creative Chaos and Miss Indie Devstock, Miss Indie Devstock herself, Tammy Coram.
3: You have to share the mic, Greg. Hi, Guy.
4: thought we'd start with a code question, because you know how much I love the code. So we did get a Ask MTJC from Alicia R. Tweets, and she wants to know, maybe we can start with Joe here. Do you ever look back at the code in your old
1: apps and cringe? Yeah, every day. Good answer. <laughs> and would you recode them or if it ain't broke, dot, dot, dot? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I, I've done both. Uh, I've regretted going in and changing something that wasn't broke. It really depends on how much I want to work with that app in the future and how much I think that this particular section of the app is going to need to be revamped anyway down the line. Uh, but in many cases, uh, right now I'm actually avoiding doing an update to one of my apps, uh, my, my aspect ratio calculator because I'm afraid, like it was my first app and I'm afraid that if I open it up and add this tiny little feature that I want to add, I'm going to be tempted to do 17,000 other things and six months will go by and that whole thing. So I've been avoiding the update as a result. So
3: see, I can't do that. When I see it, I have to spend that six months to update it and then I get nothing done. So I don't, how do you, how are you resisting that temptation? I mean, is it just because you're sitting there and thinking, look, I don't have six months to put in it, to do it. And you're disciplined enough to do that. Or are you lying to us and you really like secretly going away? For six months, doing it and coming back.
1: I have the discipline to not do it. I don't have the discipline to open the file and then not do it. So I just don't open the file. Like like once I go in there, I'm out of it. I know I can't do it. The
3: proverbial stick your head in the code right. sand. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I take a different approach. I, I
5: open, I'll look at apps when a new version of Xcode comes out. I'll see how many warnings there are, and then I'll decide whether I'm going to step away from the, this, the keyboard or not. But generally speaking, I do keep my apps, try to keep my apps up to date with new features and things like that. But uh, And I have a couple of couple of major apps that I'm maintaining that are written in an ancient language called Objective-C. And uh, so, you know, we only fix things if we really, really, really have to. So, like the customer loading up calendar on Xcode
0: 10 yesterday. Or iOS 10, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I think I took a little bit of a different flavor from the, the questions. I interpreted it as like you know we had some folks talk about the um, like the imposter syndrome thing, right? And like, do you ever look back and be like, oh no, like I was a little baby and I didn't know what I was doing there? And I, I have that feeling with code I've written like literally three weeks ago that I say, this was not great, but yeah, yeah, like, but it got but it got the job done, right? So the second part, would you recode them or if it ain't broke, it's like well maybe or it depends, right? So uh, I've been working in the startup world for a while now and a lot of times like, oh, the company may not be around for us to even care about this. So no, don't fix it if, if it ain't broke.
3: And so when you're writing the code, I kind of touched on this in in the workshop just before. Are there times when you're sitting there and you're, any of you really, you're writing the code and you have this thing, whatever that thing is, this function that needs to happen. And you're you're trying to get this to work and you, 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 you've just, you've basically regurgitated all this code. You threw it up out onto Echoed. It looks horrible. It kind of works enough. Do you go back can fix it like almost immediately or, or how long do you let it sit there and fester and grow into this mess that you open it up you know three days later and go oh gosh what was i thinking i use
5: multiple undos all the time i'll build something if i don't save it as a branch it just back it back away like i said before so, um, before we dig in, do we have any ask MTJC Jaime?
0: We do. We have uh, well one that's sort of related to a fact check. Maybe you should read the fact check, and then we'll read the ask MTJC. Oh, this is this is the one from that Tim Mitchell
5: guy, or the MTJC guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we were talking last week
0: about, I, I mentioned that I was
5: under the impression that the original uh, command key symbol, which looks like a quadruple infinity symbol or something like that, um, is, was originally derived from a, cla- a castle, as seen from above, like square square box with four turrets and in. Um, in the video that was attached to the, the article we had last week, which I did watch, um, uh, even though the author of the, uh, said it was purely coincidental, coincidental, Susan Kerr did say that she had found this, the uh, original um, symbol in a, sim, a book of symbols, which turned out to be a Swedish symbol to represent a point of interest, and it was actually derived from a castle. So in in my tweet here, you'll see if you go look on Twitter, um, there are uh, there is the, the slide of that she posted of uh, the original symbol that she used for... Uh, for point of interest, and then she uh, another slide was um, a like a, I guess, a direction sign to a campground or something like that in Sweden that she found, which used the same symbol, and then of course a castle, which you know uh, looks exactly like the symbol from above as well. So, when the comment in the article about Steve Jobs saying you guys are using apples way too much was, um, uh, it was a basically uh, not in reference to this particular use of, of apple on the Apple key. Because, a second question, which I guess I'm kind of skipping ahead to, is that what how did when did the Apple key disappear from the command key, which we now call it, right? and uh but the, he was talking about the menus because in the in the original menu they had key short keyboard shortcuts and and they represented them by the apple key in a letter like you know x v c for you know cut copy and paste um not necessarily in that order but uh uh so he com- he was complaining so they took the apple key off and that's when she came up with this you know double infinity square point of interest uh, icon that she, that we all know and love on our our command keys today so that was that and
0: what was in the in the actual tweet there so we have one from wayhans says uh, at tim Mitchell, at tim with a hair in the layers 2015 video susan care did say she was told by someone that the uh, command symbol actually was the representation of a castle scene from above not a coincidence that it looked like a castle and he linked right, to right. the um, susan care john gruber layers 2015 conference talk right
5: and i didn't add my um my um, uh, tweet that i posted for you where i went and actually got all of my keyboards and went through them all and laid them on the ground, on the floor here behind me and took a picture of them to show when the the Apple key actually the the original key command key on the original keyboard does does not have an Apple on it. It just has the infinity symbol. You know the small key in the center of the of the image. And all the other keys do up until the keyboard that I have attached to my my monitor right now, which was built in two thousand seven. I haven't dug through my my laptops, but I figured it's probably around the same time that they they removed the Apple key. So two thousand seven is is our and actually I found a link on on the Wikipedia that backed back that up as well. Thanks, my hand for your contribution and defense of my uh, my comments so oh so greg i'm just reading your ask mpjc here that you posted saying that you mix up the order when and, and say mark's name first do you do that that's right check the tape i said <laughs> hashtag check the tape
4: oh i didn't actually go back and look but i know i have mixed up the order um the handful of times where i've taken over the show right well there you go so and we'll get some uh, huh. overcast links or fireside links i've discovered you can link directly to a point in time as well so i'll get some i'll dig up some links sure yeah
5: yep, yep. yep. Uh, okay all right, so what do we got here? First of all, we have a um, bit of an
0: Ask MTJC. Who's going to do this one, you or me, Jaime? Let's see. Uh, I guess I'll do it, So, <laughs> which is funny. So uh, this one is, is us saying mm-hmm. uh, we're taking the week off because there is literally nothing to talk about. So uh, I was out but last week and um, there wasn't much news. I think we just sort of took a little hiatus, a little, a little brief vacation for that one week.
5: Well, actually, to be honest with you, my, my post was actually completely sarcastic because um, we had decided to take the week off, but then, I, but then there was... Was a story about the notch, right? In in the you know the notch that's the horrible thing in the iPhone X is now appearing on several um, manufacturers of, of Android devices, right? In fact, I think in the posts I've got here, there's at least four of them. Uh, where is it? Right, I think yeah, because
0: a, Mobile World Congress was probably happening around right. this time. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, so you know, and it's like um, let's see, uh, Asus has a ZenPhone that has uh, two models of ZenPhone that have a notch in them, and Ligu S nine has a has a notch, and of course, Noah N ten. I don't know if that's. Five it sounds like Nokia, but it's not, I guess. And that highway one you guys mentioned last week—they have a P twenty that apparently has. It. And you were saying today that the the P oper- uh, Android P just dropped today.
0: Yes, as of uh, today, which is uh, we're recording here on Wednesday, March seventh. Uh, Android P, the developer preview, came out today, and it officially supports with any operating system uh, the concept of a notch and dealing with things kind of similar to the way that it roughly works in uh, ios to handle the iphone 10's notch as an example but i think very critically you know tim you brought up these these other phones these other phones are h- hilarious because they're not running on android p uh, to oh, really? preview and so like you can see their ui elements getting cut off by the notch itself
5: right yeah yeah yeah. oh we mean like like battery
0: warnings or whatever yeah and like clock that. and other things i think the clock moved sides or something i'm not am not an android user so i don't know but, but i mean it's it like like the
5: difference lot. between an iphone 10 layout and an iphone 8 layout where like we have things missing behind there. You mean?
0: Sure, like like that sort of thing. Like if you hadn't updated your app to be compatible with the yeah. safe area layout. Yeah. Well, I just I think I think
5: I think it's hilarious that uh, I, I like the title in this one is bo- Bonus Notches. Bonus Notches. But uh, that you know, for all the bashing we took for months about this notch is non-existent. I mean, the notch that you and you and I and Mark none of us look at. You know, we look at it occasionally. It's funny though. I it, I shouldn't say I don't look at the notch because as I'm walking around and I see other people on their phones, if I see an Notch, I know it's an iPhone ten. Like, it just my brain just goes, "Oh, look, iPhone 10. And then same thing if the camera orientation is is uh, vertical instead of horizontal, my immediately notice notice that it's a ten, right? So until everybody else starts copying them, then you'll never know again, right? You have to take a closer look. But I just think it's funny that the, the the fact that we decided to take a week off when there was nothing to talk about and, and it literally is nothing is the notch. That's my joke. <laughs> it's
0: also kind of funny, like they're they're talking to these manufacturers, "Hey, why do you have this notch?" Like, "Oh, we wanted to make our device look." Distinctive, which is what you mean distinctively like the iPhone is that perhaps you did not finish the quote there. Um, The other thing is that, I mean, I, I, I'm probably an apologist on this where I think of it, not as a notch, but as extra ears that give me more real (laughs) estate, right? Like not in every case, but in a lot of cases, like, you know, looking at photos or something. Um, But at the very least there is like a logical reason why that notch is there, right? It's predominantly because of uh, face IDs technology and how that works. These other devices, at least the ones that I saw, so far, they don't have Face ID, so their notch is actually bigger than it needs to be, just so it yeah. can look more like the iPhone X's notch rather than the smaller notch slash widow's peak that the Essential phone had, the one that launched a couple months before the iPhone
5: X. And you don't think they're, they're looking at that, what's that called, true image um, uh, camera that it uses for the infrared? You don't think they're planning on having that in the phone?
0: I mean, maybe eventually at some point, um, you know, when Face ID technology you know, or the rough equivalent becomes available to other Crazy manufacturers, right. you, similar to the way that Touch ID sort of made its way eventually, you know, some rough competitor um, like -hmm. on the Samsung and Android side. But today, you know, as those devices are being released, like, they're just bigger for no reason. Like, you could make it a lot smaller because you would only need the, what, the camera and the proximity sensor and probably the microphone or the, the, not the microphone, the speaker part that you're listening to the audio out of, you know, when making a phone call. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it it is very clear that they're doing this just so um, they can ape the iPhone's style in that sense. And I'm guessing Google sort of had like no choice but to help support those, otherwise their platform would end up with, you know, oh man, this Android thing sucks. Look, I can't even see half the damn content at the top here. Like Google doesn't want that, right? So I think the path of least resistance for them is to support the notch area with a you know a more sensible operating system layout and doing whatever the equivalent of safe area layout is for their operating system. Yeah, it's funny. And by
5: the way, a, tr- a real time follow up it's true depth camera, which projects and reads over thirty thousand infrared dots to form a depth map of your face plus a 2d image
6: the ironic thing about all the right. notch is that uh, there's all sorts of rumors already that the next generation of the iphone 10 or whatever it's called is going to have a smaller if a smaller notch if it even is there at all they might get rid of yeah i heard that too today so you know, surprised so, by that one yeah so if that happens we'll have a whole year next year of only android phones having having this notch
0: mm. <laughs> that would be hilarious if it comes to pass that way yeah um i was reading about that yeah. as well and i was a little skeptical that they could do it like you in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, kudos if they do, but I was like, well, maybe they'll stick with this relative warm factor for two years. And then, you know, that second cycle, like past the S cycle would be the one that would have it. But
6: so you'll think there'd be an iPhone 10s or 10, what did we say?
0: 10 series two was Greg's yeah. one. or 10, <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 dash two was mine. Uh, um, I mean, maybe it depends on whether the iPhone 10 was really supposed to come out this past year as it did, or if it was semi delayed from where Apple had intended to come out with it the prior year, which would give it a oh, full two. Two years if you're coming up to this next year. Interesting, yeah.
5: What, uh, my one pet peeve about the iPhone 10 compared to like an 8 or a 7 is that, or 6 is that when you pick it up, if you pick it up upside down and, and the notch is facing down, it will not wake up, right? You can't like, you know, you could, you have to flip it over to what it considers its its proper orientation. Have you guys noticed that? What if you're standing on your head? What if you're standing on your head? Good point, Mark. <laughs> Good point. But would the, face,
0: would the Face ID recognize you if you're standing on your head too? Yeah. That's the other
6: question. That's, well, that's, right? that's why it might work.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tim, I've, I've had that one happen not too frequently. I think the one that's more frequent yeah. to me because I need to be a better person. To be quite honest, um, I'm, I'm too connected. Is that I'll like you know I'll wake up and then like the first thing I do is look at my phone and see what I've missed. You know because I wake up kind of no later way. and like my squinty eyes and I'm, like still adjusting to being in the conscious world it means that sometimes the face ID fails. Oh really?
5: Um, huh. Yeah.
0: I mean, as far as I, I know, it doesn't... face
5: ID fails if if uh, like if I if I'm yawning or if I you know. You know, putting a Pop-Tart in my mouth or something at the time that I'm trying to wake it up, I find it fails that way. But generally speaking, it's pretty good, right? So, and as we talked about before, it, it actually does update, you know, if if it fails and then you enter your passcode, it updates the image with whatever your current state of being is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conscious or not. Yeah. And so, of course, the big news today, or I guess relative, relatively big news today, which actually not today, but three days ago, four days ago, that, uh, it's the 10th anniversary of the iPhone SDK launch from Apple, right? Um, a post here I've got linked from, by Craig Hockenberry talks about, uh, Icon Factory and, and, uh, some of the early apps that I remember, I don't remember, if you remember this, if you've seen this, the, um, the site, but there's like a screenshot of a guy in a black shirt, uh, introducing the, the, um, the iPhone SDK. I remember watching that video and thinking, yeah, it's school, went and downloaded it and so on and so forth. But uh, And they go through their their history of some of the uh, earlier apps that were created back then, you know, uh, early shots from C4, which I think was one of the first conferences for um, iPhone development and talking about, you know, how we had to jailbreak our phones and get into the Unix kernel and um, before the SDK came along, sort of a little bit of walk down history lane, history lane, is that right? Yeah, walk down, down history it? lane. Oh, walk down history lane. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah. So, Mark, when did you first Get into uh, iPhone development, late, or at least uh, late
6: 2008. Also, yeah. you
5: were you were there like on the first uh, first little while, anyway.
6: Uh, I didn't publish anything that quickly, but I started working on it 2008, and I think I published something mid 2009. Yeah, my first app, I
5: think. But had you done much um, Objective C at that point, or
6: no? I hadn't done really much at all. Uh, I had I was doing uh, Python stuff back then, right? And uh, so I had to learn Objective C. I had dabbled in Objective C a little bit because I've always had Macs, you know, and dabbled with uh doing some post 10 yeah. or whatever it was uh time uh development and but uh, but not a whole lot not a whole lot so i, I had to teach myself
5: yeah i really don't remember when, so. when i started working with this i'm just gonna log on onto my other computer see if i can figure it out mm-hmm. uh, let see
0: yeah i was kind of late to the party i wouldn't start using the sdk until i think it was july of 2011 mm-hmm. yeah, wow. it was definitely a transition period where a lot of the examples were pre-arc but arc had just been announced at wwdc like a month prior oh, yeah yeah wow. yeah I'm Sure, I have stuff.
6: never experienced all the joys of retain and release and auto release? Yeah.
0: Not in any real serious way. I mean, yeah. certainly my own, you know, stuff I was writing was, was all ARC related. But mm-hmm. in terms of professional stuff, there was just some other like existing code over like a couple of um, jobs I did while I was a consultant. And even then, a lot of it was like, well, we don't need these anymore. Just delete this stuff.
5: Yeah. Yep. It looks like I have, uh, let's see. So I have some stuff from 2009. Oh, 2008. Oh, no, it's PDF. For Connect family some hybrid apps from back then. Whoa, that's old. Oh, I actually have. Um, uh, I guess it must have been like um, what was it called? It was PhoneGap originally, right? The um, hybrid version where you'd write the write it in JavaScript and HTML. Yeah, that was. A gap. Yeah, yeah. You did
6: what, some PhoneGap stuff.
5: When I first well, when, when I first got into it, I had a book on um, on how to write. Uh, yeah, it was like a book on. I think Jonathan somebody rather um, wrote a book on how to write apps using you know that kind of technology, right? So mm. I have an image picker app here from 2010. Yeah. I can't remember when the first time, what first app I wrote in stock. There's a framework here from 2009 as well. (laughs) Holy but goody. In my first tab bar with a view controller, we're still working out how to do the two, two for couples apps Mm. back in the early, early days. Yeah. Oh, there's a folder here called Ruben. I wonder what's in there. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That's from 2014 though.
0: I remember my impression, my first impression. So given the context that I was doing web development, kind of before it was cool again, I guess it was like in that lull of like it, got real cool going into the first uh, dot-com boom and then got kind of less cool in the bust. And I remember thinking, wow, like this iOS thing, like it gives you a lot of stuff like out of the box. So I'm yeah, looking yeah, at this sure. photo in the article here where they have the um, the caption says, the first iPhone app created outside of Apple. And it's like, oh man, you get this like really nice look, professional looking UI, like without having to do anything. And that definitely was not true for web development in those days. No, that's true. Things have sort of changed now where I'm, I'm shaking my fist at Apple. being like, hey, well, why don't you give us more? out of the box. Like, look at all these web guys. You you basically just, like, import one thing, and you got a website, and it all looks professionally well done, and it's built on a a grid layout, and everything looks great and swell, and here I am, busting my chops trying to figure out how to get this, you know, safe layout thing to work, or make sure my fonts, like, are dynamically resizable, and that sort of thing. Right, yeah. I also
5: had to write, I also did a bit of dash code back in those early days, so, like, I was given a a dash code book to write a review for, so I was doing that some, some of that stuff, too, back in the early, early days, too. Like making like a like, and it would basically create a dash code app that would read your website and you know basically show it on the on the phone. Scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of table views and things like that back in the day too. When did a table view controller come out on iOS on iOS or iPhone? Do you remember, Mark?
6: Oh, that was there from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the early days, pretty much every app was a table view. <laughs> table view inside a navigation controller. Some some uh, variation on that. Right.
5: Right. Well, yeah, there were tab bar
6: apps back then too, right? So yeah, there were tab bar apps. It's true.
5: I remember the, I, the iTunes app was a Tab bar up, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember, or maybe Probably. a combination of two. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I just I remember when the iPad first came out, the uh, the Holy Grail was the split view controller. There mm-hmm. Lots of different ways to do that. Right.
6: I was doing things with uh, view controllers embedded inside other view controllers, even back then. It, w- it was kind of frowned upon, but I was I was dabbling with that stuff. It was limited in what you could do. You couldn't do all the stuff that you can do now with with uh, you know, the nice container view controller concept that they've got. And, you know, the ad child controller and all that kind of stuff. So you really had to hack all the rotation and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, but you could do it.
0: Yeah, I've I done a little bit of the container view controller stuff and it's it's definitely nicer than, than it was before they like really had support for it. I'm, I'm hoping at WWDC coming up in a few months here, I hope they'll make it a little bit easier. Um, maybe not easier to do because it's not that difficult to do. It's more like it's really easy to mess up, which spoilers, I always do. Mm-hmm.
6: Well, if you do it with storyboards, though, it's really pretty trivial now. You just use a container view and just embed your other view controller inside of it and there's no step three.
0: Uh, so it handles all the add child, remove child but stuff. You, don't, you don't free, do any of that. You
6: know? Yeah, the storyboard handles yeah, mm. all that for you. If you're not doing that, I would claim you're doing it wrong. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's probably that true. Storyboard. But it was designed for exactly that purpose. So, you know, you're you're just, you're trying to run with a, with a ball and chain around your foot if you're not using storyboards for that kind of
0: thing. Right, right. I remember, mm, what year was this? This is probably 2012-ish. I distinctly remember an interview where they'd asked me, you know, how many view controllers can you have on the screen at once? And mm-hmm. I was just a wee baby developers, i was developer. I was like, I don't know, like one. I'm like, uh-huh well, you'd have your, you know, potentially your tab view controller, and you're also your navigation controls. Like, oh, okay. I guess I think of those more of like the Chrome, but sure. Like, I get it. Yeah. And now that that question would be completely meaningless. Like, I don't know until I run out of memory. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I yeah, can't perfect. address how yeah. many uh, little <laughs> tiny container view controllers are on screen.
6: Yeah. Well, there was a there was definitely a, a shift uh in the you know the the official line from Apple on on how to Handle that. I mean, at the beginning, it really was one view controller, one screen. I mean, yes, there were like the, the containers like the tab bar and the navigation controller, but but those were provided by Apple, and and those were the only ones you could you were supposed to do that with. Uh, but uh, but the rule of thumb really was one content view controller per screen at the time, and and it made sense because in the in the early days, Tim, I don't know if you if you remember the the first couple of phones, especially like the the iPhone three mm-hmm. was was really low on memory. Yeah.
5: Well, so, the first phone so had a hundred. 100- 28 megs and it was only you can only use
6: about yeah. 40 or 50 of it right right so if you tried to do a fancy view hierarchy you were really kind of asking for trouble because you were just going to run out, run out of space but that changed i don't i don't actually remember when that changed uh probably around the, the time the ipad came out uh where because with the ipad you you were kind of encouraged to have multiple view control content view controllers per screen uh so it was probably around then that the at the you know sort of the uh the official line changed to it's okay to have multiple view controllers on one screen do you remember that was tim i don't, I don't say I don't that again what um, was that well so remember in the early days there was this very strong official line that said you should have one content view controller per screen right here. yeah and then that changed uh and i guess it, actually now that i think about it, it probably was when storyboards came out because from the beginning with storyboards there was the concept of the container view available in the storyboard right that you could use to embed and, and embed segues were available right from the get-go with storyboards
5: well actually no they look the, at the, the um the oh, your collection view i'm thinking of um no remember the stocks app used to have like it had a table view on top and then it had a sliding view on the bottom like how the stock app is now it's, it's been like that since the very beginning if i'm not mistaken well
6: but that was probably a scroll view inside a view controller well maybe yeah yeah yeah
5: it's
6: probably a mm-hmm. view controller at the time
5: i do i but do have an would, iphone one right course, over there did. i could go fire it up and see <laughs> i still have my uh, original gorilla silverback yeah when did storyboards come out was that ios uh, five, five i think five so yeah that, so that, that makes sense, sense. All right.
6: that makes sense yeah because with ios 4 4 was the rebuild iOS because was, 3
5: was horrible was when the, xcode 3 or xcode i'm thinking of xcode yeah iOS
6: 4 was yeah not xcode 4 but ios 4 was was the first ipad and remember there were two different versions of ios 4 for a while yeah there was the iphone version of ios 4 and there was the ipad version yeah. of ios 4 and they were not compatible with each other
5: no i think I, by the way i think i think a 3.5 was the first ipad os pretty sure let me just check uh, uh sure yeah i started on i started on three on iphone 3 for sure when i was right IOS three when i first started them um, doing this stuff but
6: had the ipad come out yeah yeah, yeah yeah
5: i started on the ipad i didn't start on the iphone
6: oh really yeah okay i maybe remember wrong, but I, I i vaguely remember there being a like a ios 4.1 which was the ipad yeah. version and a 4.2 or something like that which mm-hmm. was the iphone version and and they eventually got merged but for a while there there were actually two completely different versions that as i said they, they were not compatible with each other mm-hmm. and uh and it was it was it was explicitly obvious with the popover view, which was only available on the iPad. And so if you tried to compile a popover for using the iPhone version of iOS 4, it wouldn't even compile at the time. It was kind of crazy. Hmm. Uh, But they eventually merged them together. So, but anyway, so it it makes sense. that After all those, that new stuff came out for the iPad, that it would make sense that an iOS 5 is when they had storyboards that kind of started to bring it back all together.
5: By the way, I think you're right about the iPhone because it was uh, iPhone 3 was the OS, or iPhone OS 3, and it was iOS Mm -hmm. 4 was the first, uh, when they changed the name. Yeah, yeah. So introduced in 2010, about the time the iPad, the iPad was announced in February, came out in April 3rd, which is my sister's birthday, 2010. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I could have sworn it was like a 3.5 or something like that. I'm looking Mm -hmm. on Wikipedia here to see if I can
1: figure it out. Yeah,
6: it is kind of funny to think back that that the SDK only came out in 2008, and the iPad came out in 2010, less than two years later later, yeah. But it seemed like there was all this time <laughs> that there was the iPhone before there was an iPad.
0: Yeah, two whole
5: years. And then
6: man. yeah, in with with hindsight, it was it was almost almost no time. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it's sort of that difference between having had a decade versus it was a couple years, and then this other thing that's been around for days. Mm-hmm. Because that's why it it just, it just sticks in my memory as well. I was like, oh yeah, it just seemed like iPad came out way later. No, no, it didn't. Yeah, Got it rather quick. Yep. Okay, so real time
5: follow up. Tim is right. Um, yeah iPad originally shipped with a customized iPad only version of iPhone OS dubbed 3.2. That may be what you're thinking of. There were two mm. OS's, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so okay. and then on it September first it was announced that right. iPad would get its own iOS four point two by November two thousand. Oh and maybe you're right there too again. So it went from three point two to four point two, and then Apple released iOS four point two point one to the public on November twenty second. So yeah so it originally shipped on version three point two in mm. two thousand ten.
6: Okay.
0: Right. right, but it was, it was its own really Well, it was was still called iPhone
5: OS, but it was a special iPad-only version, customized version for iPhone, so iPad.
0: Yeah, that that was sort of, like, the thing to do. I don't know if folks remember, but um, on the Android side, when they were trying to catch up to this, um, 3.0 Honeycomb was a tablet-only version of Android, and Google, like, very explicitly did not release the source code. Maybe they eventually did, but um, they, like, held it back because they did not want phone manufacturers to put Honeycomb on the tablet. On the phones, because it was, like, you know, they presumably had cut scope to just make sure it could work as its own special little snowflake on tablets, and it wasn't until Android four um, what is that, Jelly Bean? Jelly Bean? Ice Cream Sandwich? Uh,
5: Yeah, Jelly Bean, yeah, It must be Ice Cream Sandwich.
0: It's probably Ice Cream Sandwich, because I think, yeah, because... So wait
5: a minute, I had had the original tablet that came out from Samsung, and it ran on the frozen yogurt one, what was that called?
0: Froyo? Froyo, right. They had Froyo and gingerbread, uh, honeycomb as tablet only, and then I think Ice Cream Sandwich was the first combined, like recombining having oh, a, see, a singular right. phone OS and tablet OS. Hmm. So not all little dissimilar from iOS where as we were talking about it, recombining around four point something. Right.
5: Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Weirdness. So
5: I had the iBeer app it was one of the first apps I had, or well, iPint, I think it was for drinking. Like it had the beer simulation thing on it.
6: Oh, where you could hold it up and it would, and the, uh, the beer would actually go down. Yeah. Yeah. The angle change. It would go down. Yep.
5: And it had Jared and the fly, I had a flashlight app actually as well, believe it or not. And
6: you must've had, uh, what was, called Around Me.
5: No, I didn't have that one. I, I do remember it, though.
0: Yeah. yeah, I had seen it.
5: And
6: Urban Spoon. That was another Urban one. Urban Spoon you know? I
0: had, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
6: What else?
0: Do you know if anybody did any, like, looking back, where are they now? 10-year anniversary sort of things for those first million-dollar app folks? <laughs> they, at some point, the, the media got wind of it. They called them the app, app-illionaires. app billionaires. Portmanteau of App billionaires. Millionaires. It's really hard to pronounce. But, like, okay, you know, you go find, you know, the fart app person. Oh, yeah? And say, hey, where are they now? Do they own a yacht and live on an island in Tahiti? Or well, I mean, that was Marco Armett's Sort of one of his claims to fame was that, that he had an early
5: app, right? Didn't he have um, an app that he sold to Twitter or something like that? Or? Are
0: you talking about Instapaper? Instapaper, yeah, yeah. He yeah. sold was to works and then got resold to Twitter. Uh, not Twitter, Pinterest. Mm. But yeah, but but that sort of thing. his is even sort of later because I think it's like 2010-ish. I mean, I mean, like those first, uh, like this article is talking about like, uh, um, was it Tap Tap Revenge and all these other yeah. things where. You know those like first initial ones that really hit it big, and then ten years later it's like you know VH ones. Where are they now? Sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Where are the artists? Tumblr. That's what he wrote. Tumblr, not Instapaper. Tumblr. Right, right. He was uh, part of the early team at Tumblr. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder what happened to those guys.
5: And it was the, the one app that was like the most expensive app in the world. It was like ninety nine or was it nine hundred ninety nine dollars? It just was like a red, big, <laughs> <Right>. big red <laughs> ruby or something like that was the icon. Right. And see,
6: I'll, see, I'll, where, what, where's that person? I'm rich, and you can show your friends. You yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the one? Yeah,
5: Yeah, that's the one. I've got my Newton sitting here right here, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. All right, well, let's move on. Just a quick aside. Has Google changed their format? For... Everything, every, link I've, every link I'm looking at is like a little box with something in it. Have I done something in my Google? Every, every time I do a search, it gives me, like, everything's in a box. It looks, they all look like paid uh, links as opposed to just having a big little page of links. Weird,
6: eh? Uh, I just typed in AirPlay into Google, and I get... Same standard. There's one box at the top mm-hmm. with the sort of the you know the definition, right? Uh, but they've done that for a while, right? With this sort of one favorite result at the top, and then everything else is just the standard links.
5: Yeah, no, what the hell's going on? My whole it's been know. like this the last couple days. I looked. Hmm. Weird. You might also be in an A/B test of some sort where they're trying yeah, to see if you're is.
0: more engaged or if you're finding the right content. Yes,
5: I, Google. I'm not enjoying this. Make it stop. <laughs> 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 I hope you're listening. <laughs> All right. Um, so another follow-up story I had on here was about the Touch Bar, and I thought it was interesting uh, that uh, some schools are talking about or some ex- ExamSoft is the name of this uh, school or testing place um, banning the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar from people being. To use exams uh, especially for taking the bar exam because um, because of the pre- predictive text I talked about this last week I didn't have the right terminology for it but uh, as you're typing um, you know the predictive text helps you type things out right like it like on the phone when you have the the you know the little extra um, uh, what do you call it uh, view above the, the keyboard that sort of suggests words as you're typing to sort of save you time but uh, you can do the same thing in fact you can write entire sentences or paragraphs using just just the words that come up on the predictive Touch text but it's funny that you just see you guys read this this piece about uh, them getting rid of it
6: i did yeah it. It, it, it's it's interesting I, I i didn't really get a feel for why specifically the bar exam would would uh would ban it dude do you, do you know
5: it said here something about um it could facilitate people cheating mm-hmm. right taking taking the bar exam um I guess you could pre-program
6: stuff into the bar or something and have it cuz you're probably writing.
5: Well, it says it will, it will show predictive text depending on what the student is typing. Like, you know, if you're if you're working on a terminology or something as you start to type things, it kind of suggests words that go with what you're typing, you know? Yeah, sure. So maybe they may be exposing, you know, answers like what is MVP stand for? Well, it's mo- you know, it's Massive View Controller, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like might it might suggest that for
0: you, right? My MVP joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't know enough about what the bar exam sort of entails from a computer standpoint like i'm actually kind of surprised let you use a laptop at all i just assume they do <laughs> you know on some like green screen terminal where you, you can't really do much um i'm thinking way back so the last time i took a standardized test where they had this sort of restriction i think the hotness was the texas instruments the ti-86 was like the highest model of graphing calculator they allowed on the test right um specifically because the next model version up at the time was the ti-92 which was basically a little little mini computer mm-hmm. um for its time and they're like oh no because it can add in like all of these crazy programs that it becomes much easier to cheat i assume this is the 2017 version of that yeah pretty much yeah but uh again if, if anybody out there has taken the bar exam i can follow up with a hashtag ask mtjc as to what specifically <laughs> is allowed and not allowed and what this is running a
6: file i'd love to learn more yeah no, I, well, I, I assume for the bar having i haven't taken it of course but, but i assume that it's a lot of writing you know you'll read sort of of a case study or something and you have to write an interpretation of it i don't know maybe you could pre-program in certain I, I don't know actually i i really don't know i don't know uh how much value you could get out of out of just a touch bar for something like that i have no idea but it's funny
5: you mentioned that to think about the calculator Jaime. me when I, when I was a kid in school we weren't allowed to use calculators in math class at all and then my sister was one of the first classes where she had to go and buy a scientific calculator but I'm pretty sure for a long time we weren't allowed to use uh, calculators in um in, in in class at all but and then flash forward last the last Apple certification test I took I actually ran on my own laptop I logged into an Apple website and and uh basically it was a um I couldn't do anything else like I couldn't switch out of the the, the window um I'm pretty sure it was browser-based, but uh, or something like that. But you know, it just basically flashed the questions on me. It was multiple multiple choice and and uh, like that. But I did it on my own computer. I didn't previously in, in other tests I had done before. You you used uh, you went to a place where they gave you the test, right? Mm-hmm. I just thought it was an interesting story about the fact that the Touch Bar is now the uh, the calculator of the
0: 2017. <laughs> <laughs> it's too 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 useful, too helpful. Banned yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, it'll, it'll give them the answers. You know. By the way, I, I do. Have one, one of my pet peeves about the uh, the touch bar, or about the touch bar, yeah, is that when I'm in the mail app and I'm typing, and I'm a pretty sloppy typer, like I'm not a touch typer, right? So my hands aren't always in the home row. But right right, right between the one and the two, the, the key right above that, or the or the, the virtual key right above that, is send, right? So a lot of times I'll be typing an email, and all of a sudden it'll send oh. in the middle, it'll admit of composing an email. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's you know, not good. You <laughs> send a follow up email going, please, you know, please ignore that I wasn't finished typing. Yet. is that configurable can you move it uh, well it, 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 i think some of the, some apps there are configurable some not like for instance uh, i don't use siri on my uh, on my my macbook at, at the office cuz it's like a church there mm-hmm. and um, the top where where the eject button would be on a standard keyboard is where the siri button is right so where actually it gets the power button Oh, yeah siri yeah power button on the um, on the other macs but um so yeah a lot of times when i'm reaching for the delete key i hit the siri key by mistake and it's like oh did you want to enable siri no thank you very much you know, things to watch out for. So Mark, you have a follow-up story here about uh, 32-bit apps. I thought they already didn't work.
6: So, yeah, so as we know, uh, a couple of years ago or, or maybe it was only, well, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, Apple started requiring that that new submissions uh, be compiled for 64 bits right, and, right. and at some point they stopped taking 32-bit executables completely. But uh, but if you had a 32-bit application on the store, people could still download it and use it, no problem. Although with iOS 10 they started adding a an alert view that Would pop up that would say that this this app can slow down your your phone and you know the developer needs to update that which I'm not sure that that was really true that it was slowing down the phone but whatever it was it was there to to let people know that this you know this needed to be to be updated Uh, well apparently in the beta of 10.3 they've changed the messaging to be a little bit more harsh saying that rather than it slowing down the device it says that this app will not work with future versions of ios the developer of this app needs to update it to improve its compatibility so it doesn't say when that's going to happen uh i mean i think the soonest it could happen is with 10.3 but but uh but it may not happen with 10.3 but at some point it looks like 32-bit apps in the store are just going to stop working on, on new phones if you have any of those out there and i know i do i've got a few old ones that i haven't updated in a while uh, it's it's it probably pays to revisit those and and update them as soon as you can, just in case.
5: Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I updated Key Squad last fall. Was I I've, don't know what I was doing, but I might have been running a, uh, a version of it. But I, I saw one of these earlier messages come up like this, and I thought that's the last thing I want my customers to see. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so I I went through the process of of figuring out how to. It was a Coco's 2D app, so I had to figure oh. out how to get that to sixty four bit, right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
5: But yeah, so I've basically been going through all the apps that I want to keep on the store and 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 updating them simply because also because there were bits falling off, right? So
6: yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah. For me, the the reason I haven't updated some of my old ones is that a lot of them use XIB files, and and uh, mm-hmm. and to in order to get them to to work with all the new sized devices, it's it's quite a bit of work to convert them all the storyboards and put in all the auto layout to make them to make them all uh, you know self sizing correctly resizing. So some of them I haven't, I have to admit, I haven't updated, but I guess I need to get on that pretty soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
5: But you can't make a XIB file. Um a base size classes, I guess
0: not, eh?
6: No, no, that's storyboard only, as far as I, know. As far as I know. You know. If
0: you want to do it visually, that's that's correct. You need yeah, to do yes, that's do right. programmatically, that's right. but that's sure it kinda of defeats the purpose of having the nib to begin with. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, so I think it's going to be sort of an interesting sort of return on investment based decision for a lot of yeah. uh, developers, yep. um, and maybe some of it just be more like point of pride of like, oh no, that was my portfolio app. I want to make sure that I, I update it because I haven't in a while, you know, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm, I think it's mm-hmm. gen- generally going to be good for users. Not saying there's going to be people who aren't caught with like, oh no, like I, I love this app and it's not being updated. I think from that standpoint, you kind of have to hang on to an old device, like that's like that's the only reasonable option, right? And and let's be honest, mm-hmm. like as the stats that we just talked about it showing us like you should be hanging on to an ipad and clearly you are so <laughs> there's an app that you love <laughs> make sure it's installed on that ipad that you're not updating anyways and yeah, uh, yeah. and continue on because uh, in other senses like this is generally good for users because this will make ios itself more efficient right it's not going to have to hang on to this 32 right. bit compatibility mode um yeah it's quite aggressive like this is the Fastest transition that any company has has gone through. It, it took Microsoft like a decade, and I think they're still not quite done in their 64-bit really? transition. Really? Wow. Hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, they've been doing this on the Mac for a long time. I mean, like uh, various versions of OS, um, Mac OS. You get the you get the little do not enter sign through the older apps, right? They just all of a sudden they just won't work, and I, I mm-hmm. assume that was because they were they were not 64-bit, right? Is that not the case? Like, you know, as you I think go there is the so a like that. And, yeah. Yeah. So, but they didn't. There was no warning about it. they just you just can't use this app right so yeah 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 the on user the side th-
0: didn't have the the developer shaming that that happens here right or on <laughs> ios it's like this needs to be updated it, it it totally sucks you should tell the developer yeah here's the phone number and here's his home address right so
5: right go knock walk mm-hmm. walk over mm-hmm. knock on his door and tell him to update his app right <laughs> <laughs> we've helpfully
0: opened up a facetime call with him so you can berate him right
5: now
1: <laughs> while he's in the shower
6: oh, while man. he's asleep
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we know where he lives. All right.
6: <laughs> so so you know, I wonder what effect on on total number of apps in the App Store this will have because yeah, clearly Apple is trying to to reduce the number of old abandoned apps, uh and and thereby streamline and clear up the the App Store a little bit. So I, I wonder, actually, when and probably only Apple knows this when peak app submission was. I, I think we're past that point, right? To the the point where the 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 most number of apps, like per week, were being submitted to the iOS App Store. Do do you, do you agree that it, it kind of feels like we're past that point now? There was a time when when well, there was a time when iOS was really, really hot, and everybody was making an app, right uh, and and I'm not sh- and I think we're kind of past that point now. I think fewer people are just making you know apps for the sake of making an app so so there may have been the most number of apps may have been submitted and put into the store couple of years ago, when, you know, whenever that was, I don't know, but a couple of years ago. So so there may be a lot of these old 32-bit apps hanging around from that time frame that have just never been updated because, you know, it was someone who thought they were going to make millions with their app, put it out in the store and, you know, it didn't happen. Yeah. So they went away. So if they clear out a whole lot of those, it might clear out the total number of apps by quite a bit. I wonder about that's
5: true that's true yeah I mean we had that whole flappy flappy period right where everything was flappy this and flappy that and right right they all tried to capitalize mm-hmm. on this one guy's one guy's luck right so yep. yeah it's true yep. It's true yep. I mean as a sort of my next sort of follow up is just to just to sort of recap on what I talked about last week about um trying out to with uh, with my app and I think I told Jaime last week that it was super simple and it was so simple that i, I didn't get the ad unit in there correctly so yeah. I had to go back <laughs> in had to go back in and and uh, and re uh, resubmit the app a couple of times actually because because I, I still even after the second time I still had it didn't have it quite right and um, the funny thing is that it took like less than six hours to get the app through the app store and ready for sale
6: yeah it's gotten real fast yeah
5: so you yeah. know and it was like you know and the review process took like 20 minutes mind you it is a small app and there's not much going on in it right but it, it was faster for me to submit the app than it was for me to set it up and have a beta te- an external beta tester like I was still waiting for the beta Test or review part to go through before it was ready for sale in the App Store. So, mm. but but what I wanted to talk about was that that so since I had the chance to go back in and, and take this for a spin, and this is following up on Sean's question last week, um, I took the time to go in and, and look at Firebase Analytics. I mean, what? Why not? Right? Um, since I had to add the Firebase core into into the um, app to use AdMob, I figured, well, why not just turn on Analytics as well? So, um, and my report on that is kind of it's kind of. Strange because um, you know yeah there's like a handful of uh, reports I mean it's not a not a huge app and I don't expect to have tons of downloads but it's odd that I'm getting hits from Google Play and I'm getting Google TV you know so there's something wrong with their uh, their analytics collection because it's reporting like you know I can I can understand iPad I can understand iPhone but I can't understand why I'm getting you know devices that I don't even support because it's an iOS app right why they would be showing up in my in my um, ad mob or my Firebase analytics so it's kind of strange weird eh that is weird yeah so we'll have to see how it plays out i mean over time uh, by the way i've made a penny so far in a week which i thought was really cool it's probably more than i made on, I, on iads in the li- about the same amount of time right <laughs> oh it's sorry it's estimated that i've made a penny they they haven't really sort of qualified that yet so
6: <laughs> yeah but you know after taxes that that gets done nothing
5: that's true and i only get 70 percent of that penny right <laughs> that's
6: right that's right
5: <laughs> or less because it's google right yeah
6: all right.
4: Yeah. So that's- what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seventy-eight. Wiz. JustPod podcast.
2: Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. You're you're our host. Okay. Greg do, Heo. Do the full role, then go ahead.
4: Alright, hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 78 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Greg Hio. I'm your guest host for this week. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined by your usual hosts out in Whitby, Ontario, Aaron Vey. Hello there. And also here in Toronto, Ontario, it's Tim Mitra. How's it going? Nice. Oh, That was nice.
5: That was, nice. That was good. That's for the people in their cars. <clears throat> driving around. Folks, <clears> sorry, folks uh, in their cars. Folks, folks. I was telling you uh, uh, on Slack last night that, that uh, I was mixing the podcast. And, and Jaime did actually make a point of saying for the folks driving in their cars last episode, but I don't think we really caught it. You <laughs> <He> missed it.
4: <laughs> yes, uh, Jaime sends his regrets, and Mark will maybe be joining us in a minute. Eventually.
2: Yep. Longest minute ever.
4: Well, I was at the coder meetup yesterday, and I got you at least one new subscriber. Oh, good. Um, I forgot what I was saying. I said something about podcasts, and he said, oh, what do you, know, what do you listen to? Oh, it was you know, like... Uh, anyway, I was like, "Oh, I've got the podcast to catch up with on my on my commute back home." And uh-huh. He's like, "Oh, what do you listen to?" And then he was using Overcast, so I browsed the list and I said, "Oh, more than this." So, anyway, he subscribed, so cool. Got to make this an impressive episode because he might be listening.
2: So far, so good. <laughs> yep, good, do you good want stuff. About the weather, let's talk about the weather. Oh, so cold. <laughs> oh my god, the cold. Jesus. And the snow.
5: It's snowed today. It's going to even... snow,
4: I think, for the next week. So we're actually going to. And talk. how about
5: Bruno Mars? Does he like? Does he like book off Super Bowl Sunday off his schedule? In case I don't know
4: they who call them. Is.
5: I don't know who that is. <laughs> you know, Mars. I mean, Did you look at
4: this about. forecast for Saturday? Feels like minus 28. Stop that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
5: That's what my wife said. You wanted to go, I don't have to go outside on Saturday.
4: Minus 28. You know what that was in Fahrenheit? Because I need to practice. Minus 18, which doesn't sound as bad. But Celsius minus. 20. Unbelievable. Saturday. Minus 18? Uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and a bunch of snow, which is nice because we haven't really had snow, have we? i was fine with that yeah so well i don't shovel snow anymore so i don't really care either way but yeah um, i do and it's I nice it's <laughs> it's
5: nice to look you at you get to pay those condo fees so how long have you lived in the condo
4: six years i think five years six years I where think. were you before that i uh, lived out in high park oh hmm, interesting Yeah.
5: okay so uh greg what are we talking about
4: I think we got a little bit of follow-up, Tim. All right, what are we following up on, Tim? F what do you no, have this is to from, tell this us is from you, actually? Uh, I was going to go down to yours about the app stores and economy.
5: Oh, you know, you probably should look at that. Um Why don't we do yours first, and I'll just quickly breeze through this one.
4: Uh, Sure. Last week, or maybe the week before, or maybe the episode before the episode before that, there was some talk about Parse shutting down. It was last week. Uh, Who the the heck knows? And uh, there was much gnashing of teeth about the news, and people were saying, oh, we're doomed, and then the usual articles about you should never rely on third parties, et cetera, et cetera.
2: That's true. That is all true. Yes.
4: Yes. That's why I'm repeating it. And the... But, of course, the Parse server is going to be open-sourced, at least, and so... You can always folks can always go and run it on their own servers and it's going to be an open source product and maybe minor conflict of interest I do know some of the parse people and I know they're very committed to the product some of them are very sad etc cetera, etc cetera. some but, of them are um, very out of
2: work is that right
4: I believe they will just be moved around but oh, I have no good. knowledge about that um, right. but I think that um, sort of the core product you know parse server being open sourced and there's so much interest in it because I think a lot of people really do did like, I mean, the service was nice, but I think a lot of people really did like the Parse API, so they would be able to run that on your own servers. And, of course, a whole bunch of companies are now going to be starting up and offering Parse as a service or whatnot. But, again, to avoid running into the same problem, I would say you should run it yourself on your own server. And it's going to be a thriving open source project, I think, coming up. And so there's this post by uh, Fosco Morato, who's the, who's the developer, developer advocate at Parse. And he just had this post about sort of what's going on. On with the open source stuff and um, what's coming up and they're still going to be working on it. So anyone who is, likes Parse and uses it, you know, there's a the migration tool and you can host it yourself and it should be a pretty good transition as
2: transitions go, I think. This is like the most exciting part about Parse dying, I think, that we ended up with this server, right? Um, exactly.
5: What I thought was interesting about the, the article and what I got out of it was that, that um, the, the rolling out of this open source version of Parse and the shutting down of Parse weren't one the same thing. Like, like according to what this guy says in the uh, in his article that he was actually all set to to release the open source version of parse and and wasn't aware that they were going to shut it down on the same day and yeah, so he kind of pushed all the buttons to make it happen, make it go live and then and then found out the news right so mm-hmm. t- just to say that it's not coincidental that they're happening at the same time, it just it, or sorry I guess that is coincidental
2: it is know. apparently coincidental,
5: yeah mm-hmm. yeah. It wasn't. So it wasn't stay. sort of. The, I mean, like they weren't part of the same plan, as it were, right? Yes, I don't think the people working on the open
4: source were saying we have to do this because it's going to be shutting down. Is right. the yeah. understanding that I got from it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Right and yet someone over their heads must have known that it was coming and thought that it was a, a good way to soften the blow on what they considered at the time an inevitable decision to shut down the whole service. Mm.
5: Yeah, but um, I, I kind of wonder though—is like companies like Facebook? I mean, Facebook must be quite big by now in terms of in terms of executives top down to the bottom decisions, right? And, and sometimes you know. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, you know?
2: But, you know, this server announcement was part of their their notice that the service is shutting down. Oh, yeah, was it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like they, they say, yeah, you've got a year, and, you know, we've got two tools to help you out. One is the migrator to get you from parse to a, a an instance of MongoDB, and another is parse server. And parse server, not coincidentally, works with MongoDB as its back end data source. So, you know, like uh, somebody over Fosco Morato's head knew about this and planned accordingly. That's my theory. That's my read of this. Mm. So, but it's still, it's great. I mean, and I think what Greg is saying is absolutely true. You know, this could, this could lead to a thriving, you know, um, tool set for mobile developers, you know, who are already familiar with the parse API. And, you know, although I've never studied it myself, having never believed in using a service like this for reasons that we've discussed now, it seems worthwhile to take a look at. And everyone seems to like it. Those that use it. Mm-hmm. Those that use it love it. And everyone else just stayed the hell away because they were smart. Parse 2 for the win. Um, we're all over that. Let's let's see that happen. I, I want to try it out actually. I've got a little toy project that I'm working on right now and um, I'm actually considering using this. Ah, how's not... your
4: no then how's your express, Aaron?
2: Terrible. Needs to debug Non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is going to make me try and figure it out. What the hell. I've got a server. I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Why not? I mean, why not? Got That's the, the spirit. There, <laughs>
4: yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I was hoping to have like five picks to outdo Jaime from last episode. Um, and just come up with pick after pick after pick. <laughs> but I do not have that. But I have a pick. I'll go ahead with it. It's an app called Hurundo. I don't know how to pronounce it. The subtitle is Comfortably Follow Swift Discussions. So if you're on crazy. the crazy. If you're on any of the Swift mailing lists, Swift Evolution, the core libraries discussion and whatnot, and you're getting the emails, you're probably using some kind of filter rule to put them into a folder and follow the threads. If you get the digest like I do, that's even worse because you get a digest that seemingly random times during the day, and you just have to find message number seven and scroll down and whatever, mm-hmm. so that 's not that great so there 's this app that I think scrapes the website that hosts the mailing list archives and you download this app and you pick which list you want and it shows you it 's almost like it 's like a mail client or a newsreader client if anybody out there folks out there are as old as we are and know what that is, but imagine like a mail client that is just for the mailing list. And you don't have to actually answer any email or, you know, receive email. So it just reads the things, does all the threading for you. You can browse by person, browse by topic, browse by thread and whatever. So if you want to browse through the mailing list or you want to go back and find something that you saw mentioned,
2: then this is the app to do it. It's in beta and it is free. It is astonishing really for Mm -hmm. something so niche, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it's almost like a single serving website in a way. Yeah. Um, But it is so... It's lovely and full-featured. I just... I can't get my mind around why the developer, Benedict Terhecht, did this. (laughs) You know? Just blows my mind. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it was just like, I want to browse
4: these mailing lists, and I don't want to click through the horrible Piper Mail archive, and I don't want to use my own mail client, so let's just do it here. Let's just do this. The app is still in beta. It has crashed on me a couple of times, sometimes when I scroll, but... um, you know, you S- want to browse through? This is, the, this
3: is the way
2: to do it. And it turns out the name Herundo is Latin for swift. So it's, it's <laughs> not for nothing. As in the bird or quick? As in quick.
4: Oh. Really? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Don't you know your Latin? Well, I studied
4: Latin. I, I thought I knew my no, Latin, no, but no, I have never heard mass that,
5: mass that before. Or whatever, something like
4: that. Not bad. Right, um, I was going to do the uh, a Greek of the farmer uh, declension, but let's skip that. A what? Uh, you know, agricola, <laughs> agricola, agricolam uh, whatever it is, is not the word everyone uses. No, it was Farm? never the word because used. it it is a masculine word, farmer, but it's in the first declension, ends in the ends in the a. You know, so it's kind of an oddball. All right, enough Latin. Forget about <laughs> it. So Swift in Latin. Here I had no idea. Yeah. Anyway, that's my pick. Check it out this if you want um, Canadian to. Canadians run a podcast. Read through the mailing lists.
5: They had any good poutine lately? I had some tonight. I just went to Smokes.
4: I went to Smokes yes. the oh, other that's day. good.
2: I don't like smoke. You've never been there. You don't like it. No, it's a little too uh, too out there for me. Too heavy. I feel a little ill hmm. after having that their poutine. Well, as
4: you should after all good poutine. But uh, uh, no. it was on the way home. I was like super hungry, and I was like, oh, I could go for some poutine. So you so and I both I had there.
2: poutine with our dinner lot tonight. Uh, no, it was yes. That was
4: yesterday. I think it was yesterday. All right, yeah, not, I today. Had some
2: poutine. not today. Not today. Okay. Interesting. It was very good.
5: So, I, you know, I, I think I mentioned on the show that I've always sort of been looking for the good pork poutine, and I never really found a really good one. And I was out uh, with a friend of mine. We were checking out some electronic stores over on College, and there was a place called, I'm looking for it,
4: some kind of hot dog something yeah, or other frank's
5: gourmet dogs i think it was someone frank's and it's gourmet. gourmet hot dogs right I, I got like a coney island hot dog with chili on it which was really good it was like chili and i want to say it had a sweet and sweet and sour kind of thing right um, mustard and chili or something like that and onions maybe but i also got a side which turned out to be giant of bacon and egg poutine Hello. Yeah. And it was like, a, you know, fried egg, two fried eggs maybe, and then a whole bunch of chopped bacon on top of the best poutine I've ever had, you know? Oh so God. It feels like poutine breakfast. You say this is on college? Yeah. College. Yeah. I'm just looking for the name. It's called Frank's. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. <laughs> for all the Toronto listeners. Yeah. Or those driving your cars um hmm. yeah for the Toronto know, listeners for some reason that sounds you know weird. if you're if you're gonna to come to NS North there's another reason oh. you should go to Frank's on college and have bacon and egg poutine you have no excuse now right?
2: all right that sounds good did, w- Tim did you have another pick than this one is that
5: no no I had no pick I was I okay. was gonna be like Mark and be like oh, I, don't, I don't have a pick
4: <laughs> yeah and I was gonna like I said I was gonna be high man and have five picks but alas <laughs> can't always get what we want no, nope.
2: Like some kind of... Poop,
4: and insane. Like an animal.
2: I actually waved when I said goodbye there. That's kind of weird. Did you? Oh. Do you say that? <laughs> I did. I, I do that sometimes. I when I say bye the people so the on the phone,
5: is, I do that. that. Did you wave by, by wiggling your wrist, or did you get the whole arm into there?
2: The whole arm. I was, like, back and forth. Oh, Not really? like the queen, baby. I was, like, you know, full-on wave, like... Wow. Him. Cool.
5: Wow. wow.
2: All right, I'm coming. I usually do that when I'm talking on the phone.
5: Probably. Yeah, so uh, I guess we should wait for Mark to uh, arrive before we discuss your your visit with the Dr. Ruben.
4: It was a very good visit. He um, we talked about all of Aaron's favorite topics: the weather, mm. hockey, San Jose Sharks, the Patriots, the Super Bowl. You're um, killing
2: me. Yeah, he would have. <laughs> Aaron would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, what's Mark like in person? <laughs> he's very, very talkative. Very really? talkative. Not up. a thing. I'm serious. He's like, super talkative. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. We must catch him at a bad time of day. That's that's all I can think of. It's like, know. you know, six o'clock and uh, he's like, I've just worked a full day. I should probably still be working and I can't believe I'm here. Like- well, I mean, sometimes when you guys get him going, he's like, you know. Yeah. You
4: go. But he's like, yeah, I guess we went for lunch. So it was during the, it was, it was like noon, you know. But yeah. no, still- he is uh, very
5: friendly and yeah. Yes, very talkative. Well, and, and and sort of like I said, that's he was sort of the inspiration for starting up this podcast. Neither one of us, neither he or I, were into podcasts at all before when we started. But um, and he still isn't, right? But yeah, you know, in all the times I ever did any sort of work with him, you know, like I said, I would work for a, you know a couple of minutes, and then it would be like hours of conversation, right?
2: Wow, I I gotta tell you, that's a surprise to me. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> He's very very knowledgeable about the code too, which she doesn't.
2: Uh, that, I'm certain.
5: Yeah.
4: Oh, he showed up. Off of, uh, two or three of his apps that he was working on, like the previous one and the couple that he was working on. Cool. So um, yeah, we also talked about Core Data and you know view controller transitions, and you know there was there was code. It wasn't just more than just the code. We talked about the code too. So oh, nice. <laughs> he didn't make me code on the whiteboard, so that was a refreshing change. Well, that's good. That's good. Him though, another concert, unbelievable.
6: He doesn't go to that many concerts.
4: He has missed two recordings because of concerts in the last three, four months. I forget how long. So yeah, he goes to a lot of. That, that, that's a that's a fair amount. That's just the Wednesday concerts too, right? There could be concerts on, on other days that we've never heard about.
6: Well, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just I just went to a concert last Saturday up in uh, Redwood City. Oh not yeah. Too far. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You used to live right by there, Greg. Right? I
4: used to live in Redwood City. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
6: This was. Did you ever go downtown? to downtown Redwood City at all? I did did. yeah i
4: liked it it was nice you
6: know know the fox theater there
4: no although i do i did i do remember passing a theater i don't remember the name of it but maybe i know it's it's one
6: of these it's one of these old you know it used to be a movie theater way back when that's converted over to a concert yeah 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 so i saw buckethead there we were talking about this last week okay
0: Okay. yeah that's right Uh, that didn't make it onto the show that was definitely post post show
6: okay yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know (laughs) who that
4: is i'd have to i'd have to google it
6: it's it's he's he's out there he's different um yeah it's uh he's a guitarist that oh he actually a, has a bucket on his head yeah, yeah 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 he's he's a phenomenal i mean i mean phenomenal guitarist i mean he's possibly the you know the one of the the top five guitarists ever uh just in terms of skill i mean he's just unbelievably skilled but he's insane does he wear a mask uh, <laughs> yeah he wears a mask he wears a mask okay and and the bucket used to be he he actually got a new bucket for this tour uh, it used to be just a, a kentucky fried chicken bucket yes that he'd wear yes uh now he just got a nice plain minimalist white bucket that he's wearing oh okay but, um, okay
4: with the lighting i thought it was a pink bucket is what it looks like but maybe it's the it's that's just the lighting the, it's the yeah, stage yeah, lighting it
6: was, okay it was, it was yeah it was just white and and he's he'd play sort of i mean it, it, it's sort of a mix of metal the
4: wikipedia page says it spans diverse areas such as progressive metal funk blues yep. jazz bluegrass ambient and avant-garde
6: yeah it's exactly right yeah it's it's just everything he can play anything and he does you know he plays anything and everything it's just it's just amazing um so I recommend it if you ever if he ever comes actually I think he's playing as is he, on, is he on
4: Spotify I'll go look him up
6: I'm sure he is okay I'm sure he is <laughs> yeah. look it up he's he has uh, I was uh, did you notice this on Wikipedia he has 250 approximately albums out. I saw that's, a number that's really yeah, 260
4: yeah, studio I, yeah. I know this 260 because I, I thought of h264 and i thought yeah, yeah 264 studio albums i wonder how many of them it's are 11, on are on spotify There's gotta be a few of them <laughs> not all 264 no probably Maybe they have a limit
6: so that's my post show pick of the week
4: all right i'm gonna check it out and if you also look at the wikipedia page they have the only known photograph of him without his mask if you're curious of course it's kind of a back side picture so it's not very good yeah. but i've actually seen him, not, seen him without the mask it's not
6: without the mask yeah okay. yeah it's not not Performing. He always wears it when he's performing. But I actually saw him, uh, this was almost 20 years ago now, do a a solo show uh, down in Santa Barbara when I lived down there at this tiny, tiny little club. I mean, there couldn't have been more than 30 or 40 people in the club. And it was an all acoustic set, which was, you know, for him very unusual because he's usually really loud and, 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 uh, you know, very, very high energy. But this was, this was a like a a one off thing of just, he just played all acoustic. And so he just showed up at the club and with his amp. and a guitar, and he's there before the show. He's just there setting up his equipment without the mask on, and he just he just looked like a regular guy. I mean, he was <laughs> really was just a regular guy. Then he put then he went behind stage, came back out with the mask and the hat, and and he was it. <laughs> <laughs> complete transformation. But you could tell it was him because he's got a very unusual shape, <laughs> in that he's he's very tall and, and thin, and has you know really long fingers and stuff. I mean, very kind of spiderish sort of almost. Um, and uh, so it's clearly recognized. As him. All right.
4: He is on Spotify. But- there are maybe I didn't count them, but maybe may be like fifty records are on here. Well, so. you
6: know, if you like that style of music and you kind of won't know until you try it, uh, then you'll then you'll really like him. Not a, he's not everybody's cup of tea. I have to be honest about that. Okay. Um, if you like stuff like um, uh, Primus, you know, Les Claypool, mm-hmm. or, I don't know if these mm-hmm. ring any bells. If you yeah. like that kind of stuff, then you'll probably like him. He also he was in a band once called uh, Guns N' Roses. You ever heard of them? <laughs> <laughs> he, he really was. I mean, this was after they were. This is after they were really big. He, he joined them after, what's his name, Slash, I guess was the first guitarist. Mm-hmm. He left, and they needed a replacement for him. Um, so he so he joined for a couple of years to tour. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, he plays some you know relatively accessible stuff, but a lot of his stuff is pretty out there.
4: All right. I'm curious though I'm mostly curious yeah, about to get yeah. into the mind of Dr. Rubin, see what kind of music he listens to. So oh, yeah. I'm going to check it out. I
6: listen to a lot of different music, so uh, <laughs> that could take a long time. <laughs>
4: all right tim just checked in with me on slack saying did you guys start later and i was like oh how did he know i just told him we were wrapping up and yes we started an hour later so
6: tell him we started at a civilized west coast i was just gonna say i didn't have to (laughs) rush i did
4: i did rush home anyway just in case but i didn't have to rush home i i rushed home and i still maybe i'll eat something i can you know go collect the mail and go through it so it was nice it was nice All right. Well, if you hand Tammy the mic, then I think we can. It's almost time to wrap up. And of course, it wouldn't. No, we're not doing picks. Don't worry. Oh,
3: come on. But it wouldn't
4: be an episode of more than just code roundabout release notes unless we entered and I got the key. If we entered the chaotic studio.
3: Oh, okay. So Tammy,
4: I have a series of questions. If we could do a rapid fire, if you, if you please.
3: Wait, you're going to ask me? So Tammy,
4: (laughs) what is your favorite? (laughs) I. Revenge is a meal best served cold. <laughs> uh, Tammy herself has noted that she has answered these questions on the website, but we can all check and make sure she doesn't have her phone with her. So, Tammy, what is your favorite color?
3: When am I allowed to change my answers? I've grown as a person today. Exactly. So my answers might change. Okay. Okay. Favorite color? Black.
4: What is Surprise. your What is your least favorite color?
3: Oh goodness, pink.
4: Yep. Popular <laughs> answer. What is your favorite word?
3: I'm going to apologize right now, but my favorite word is fuck. <laughs>
4: We're going to have to mark this episode as explicit now, Tim. What is your least favorite word? Not fuck. <laughs> the KLX studio, who knew? What do you hate most, your biggest pet peeve?
3: People being told that they can't do something. Not, not the people who are being told that, but the people who are saying that to the people. I just want to throat punch anyone who says, you can't do it. <laughs>
4: we had people driving their car home in the cars and throat punching i think we've hit all of the uh, all the memes here (laughs) who is your favorite fictional character
3: that is a tough one because i have so many favorite fictional characters let me think see this this is where editing comes in because that long pause i edited out in in roundabout um so i'm just gonna off the cuff because captain picard (laughs) Picard.
4: I'm doing the Picard facepalm right now for those, uh, those driving at home. Uh, who is your role model?
3: Again, I have so many. Um, my mom is my role model for one on, on the, you know, life side of things. Cause she, she raised two kids on her own. My dad wasn't able to be there. So she was very strong in my life. My husband who's sitting in the back room, he's another role model because he was the one who said, look, I love you how you are, which kind of messed up, but I still love you. So he taught me unconditional love. So he's my role model for that. And Simon, you're back there. You're my role model for for developers
4: what is your biggest dream
3: to be like simon no i'm just kidding (laughs) my biggest dream is to um, get on a plane and not be afraid and travel the world and um, hopefully have my family come along with me that would be nice
4: starting with ireland right
3: yes i'll be in ireland speaking at yule 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 oh i got it (laughs) rule
4: what is your greatest achievement
3: As of right now, not counting my kids and staying married for almost eight, 19, we've been married a long time. Sorry, honey. (laughs) Um, This conference right now, I mean, 10 months ago, Indie DevStock, 10 months ago, it wasn't even a blip on the radar. So yeah, right now.
4: What do you regret the most? This conference. (laughs) (laughs) I should have seen that one coming. If you could choose another profession, what would it be? And don't say conference organizer.
3: (laughs) I think if I could choose another profession, it would be being a professional artist. I I suffer greatly from imposter syndrome, and people tell me that, you know, your work is really good, but I see people... Uh, Will Terry is a really good friend of mine. He's a children's book illustrator. And to me, that's a professional artist. He's so good. Go get his stuff. (laughs) So that would be the other career for me.
4: And the most important question, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse?
3: Survive at all costs. And one of the reasons I put that question in my show was so I can help to build my zombie apocalypse army. So if you answer, if you're on the show and you answer that question correctly, you'll be in the Army. You can come to Tennessee. we got the bunker. We'll hang out when the virus clears out, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a virus that starts it. It's probably going to be one of my jerk friends or family that actually kicks it off. But uh, yeah, that, that's what I would do, survive. And you can't... it. It doesn't matter if it's fast zombies or slow zombies, or a tornado or a house fire. You just kind of do whatever you have to do to survive. But you have to understand that you still need to be a human being at the end of the day. I don't mean to sound cliche and bumper stickery, but uh, yeah, if you if you're oh I'm said a really bad word if you're not a really good person. It's not going to matter if you survive because everyone will leave you. So you need to not only keep yourself safe, but the people you love. I get
4: that on the bumper sticker.
3: Yeah. I don't know how you're going to fit it. Like two point font.
4: (laughs) I'd find a way to condense it. All right. Well, it's always my job to keep things on time. Shorter shows. Right, Tim? Tim is nodding. So...
5: So, hey, Greg, if uh, people want to look for you on the Internet, where would they find you?
4: They should go to Twitter. I am at Greg Hio, G-R-E-G-H-E-O.
5: And Tammy, if people want to find you on the Internet?
3: I am uh, Paradox927, and you can also find me um, pretty much anywhere. I'm here.
1: <laughs> and Jaime? I am also
0: on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair.
1: Joe? Uh, I'm at uh, Twitter at J. Chepulinski, C-I-E-P-L-I-N-S-K-I.
0: And as
5: usual, my name is Tim Mitra. I'm T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter, and we'll see you guys next. Week or to next time, I guess.
1: And we'll all say goodbye now. All
5: right, bye. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
5: This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out details on how to help us out on the website, mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Now stick around for the after show. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah, and send selfies if you find these guys. We've got selfies for our Facebook page. Oh, that's right. It's been a while. When was the last selfie that you posted? We posted the one with Jonathan and Xavier, just as a matter of Uh, fact. With the T-shirts, that's right. And I think uh, I didn't get a full, you know, smiley face, um, a selfie from Jaime. I think he owes me one. He's taking a picture of the shirt on his his torso, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of... (laughs) decapitated there. Yeah, And just to clarify for people,
0: um, that would be selfies where Mark and Greg know that they are in the selfie. Please don't do a <laughs> selfie of yourself with them in the background as a candid. They're like scarfing down breakfast burritos or something. Hey
5: no, we're, we're, we're not proud. We'll take any selfie you want to send us.
4: <laughs> Tim's not picky with what he posts on the Facebook page. So yeah, if you're I'm in anything.
5: the stall, you know, at the urinal, you know, yeah, feel yeah, free to... <laughs> <laughs>
4: if i see somebody with a mtjc t-shirt i or a, a mtjc sticker on their
5: computer i will take a stealth selfie with them sure all right and don't end. forget like if you if you get a black eye from one of these two guys you know send us a selfie of that too <laughs> <laughs>